really the material world is the opposite of the spiritual world. Yeah. And that's a very rare thing that a person really understands. So being servant is lower. So if we say Jesus was the servant in a materialistic contaminated mind, it says, oh, well, that's a low position. We want Jesus to be high. So it's just why we're in the material world. We want to be the controllers. The real prestige is I am the eternal loving servant of the Lord. That's pure. That's the best. Jesus was in that position. I want to see you live a lifestyle that you will actually find true happiness and peace and satisfaction. I mean, that's just, you know, the desire of love. And he tells us how to do that. Jesus told us how to do You know how it's nicely divided in the in in the Vedic teachings, your essence in this three parts. And so far, we've basically touched on the first aspect of our essence: that we're not the body, and the difference between spirit and and matter. But um, so I was thinking we can we can make it you know clear to people and discuss the the next two that our position is subordinate and and serving. You got any quotes from the Bible that? makes that obvious. That one you already mentioned when somebody said to Jesus, you're good, and he said, why do you say I'm good? Only my Father is good. Mm -hmm. And I'm not here. He says, you know, his Father sent him, so obviously that's another statement of subordination. And not my will, but thine be done is another Indication that God's will is supreme. He's yeah. subo- his will is subordinate. Yeah. And he says that he he was sent by his father, so that's a, another one. Yeah. Obviously, if he's sent, if he's sent by his father, then his father's will is above his. Or, you know. And also, when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and after that took place. Then it said a voice descended from heaven like a dove mm-hmm. and said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Mm-hmm. Showing that, you know, Jesus is the son. He's the father. The son is always subordinate to the father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus always referred to his Father, but this is the Father declaring that Jesus is his Son. Yeah. And Jesus was praying to his Father, which is also, you know, a position of subordination. Mm-hmm. You don't pray to your superiors. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, if you're a superior, you don't pray to your underlings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Because you're the, yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't do that. But uh, what is is your experience with like what 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 was your experience when you when you were younger? Did was it what was it made clear that to you when you were 
like more raised in this Christian background that that we are the servant and where our position is to serve? Or what's your like uh, understanding about how how it's being taught? Well, you see, there's different denominations in Christianity. Yeah, and I was, you know, in the Protestant denomination, specifically Methodist. Oh yeah. So their teaching was that Jesus is the Son, God is the Father, and that Jesus was always serving the Father, mm-hmm. praying to the Father, and that we should do the same. We should serve the Father. That Jesus and all of his children are servants. And that's the way it was taught. But if you go to Catholicism, they strongly present the idea that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you got two different, you know, messages here. Yeah. One is that Jesus was God incarnate, and so Jesus was God. And the other one is that Jesus was the Son of God. Yeah. And of course, that's correct. I mean, that's that's the truth. Yeah. But so when we talk about Christianity, it's very broad because you know there's Mm -hmm. so many different divisions in Christianity. Yeah. And the philosophies are different. But yeah. But 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 it feels like it it's come it comes back to what we discussed in a previous episode that being the servant is actually the topmost position. It doesn't take away anything from from being the servant. Just like it doesn't take any anything away from from Jesus to be the servant of God, to accept that he's the servant of God and not God himself. And and all, but also and, and in reference to what we're gonna discuss today, it doesn't take away anything from from us and our uh, ability to be happy and find purpose if we are the servant, which we eternally are. You know, it it's not like it's higher to be the master and the servant and this world is our is here to for for our enjoyment in any sense. Like it's it's a wonderful truth to know that we're subordinate. Well, that's the thing. People don't understand spiritual truths. You know, and they they put material connotations on spiritual truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they try to bring everything down to what is the reality in the material world. Yeah. When really the material world is the opposite of the spiritual world. Yeah. And that's a very rare thing that a person really understands that. So here, master superior, and everybody would like to be number one and be the master. I mean, that's why we're here, because we became envious that, hey, God is number one, but I want to be number one. Why has it always got to be him in first place? Why can't I be at least equal, if not better? And so, therefore, the material world is, is God's creation that gives us an opportunity to try to live out that fantasy. But again, under this envious illusion that we are in, in the material world, if we talk about anything spiritual, we usually try to put material connotations on it. Mm-hmm. Just like the, 
the form of God is seen with material ideas of what we experience in the material world. Like you said last time, God is the oldest, so therefore he's got to look like an old man, hmm. you know, with a long beard. And he's in the sky. Well, nobody's in the sky that can't fly, so therefore he's flying in the sky. You know, and he's the strongest, so therefore you depict, you know, a very buffed out, you know, personality and so on. In other words, it's just putting all these material experiences that we have in this world, projecting it onto God. So in this world, as we just said, and being number one is the goal. So being servant is lower. So if we say Jesus was the servant in the materialistic contaminated mind, it says, oh, well, that's a low position. We want Jesus to be high. Mm -hmm. You know, he's our Lord. We worship him. So he has to be equal to God, or he has to be God. Exactly. Or he has to be just a little bit low, whatever. You know, the mind is full of Or like or like the only servant of God, at least. Like the unique. Or the and all these incorrect understandings are refuted by Jesus himself. He said, I'm the servant. He said we should all be the servants. He said, God is, is the only number one supreme person. I mean, that's what he said, but people discount what, you know, Jesus said and put their own desires in that place. It's kind of like, you know, the story about one of our spiritual teachers who had his, he was, uh, he was asking for some water for, from his disciples and, and this one disciple, he was going to get the water, but then he thought, well, you know, milk should be better. <laughs> so he brought him some milk or warm milk or whatever it was. And he, said, and he, wasn't, he wasn't happy. Like he, he wanted water. <laughs> but this disciple was thinking, you know, oh no. Yeah, he put his own desire, idea above his spiritual master's idea. Yeah. I want water. Oh, but milk is better. So I, yeah. I'll bring him milk. <laughs> So that's the thing with the disciplic succession that we're always trying to point out, that when the truth comes through a line of perfect teachers and they don't add, they don't subtract, they don't put their mental concoctions in there anywhere, then you get the pure result. And if you don't have a disciplic line, everybody wants it to be the way they want it. Oh, milk is better. No, but he said water. No, but milk is better. And yeah. you could take that yeah. to any yeah. dimension you want to. Oh, servant is lower, so we want Jesus, our Lord, to be the highest. So he's really God. He's not the servant. He's God himself. And, uh, and on and on. So that's why you have so many discrepancies. That's, I was, I was going to say, and then you have many, many, many different church because based on what people want to, how they want things to be. But and they argue about it. I mean, they they stand strong on no. He is God. No, he's the servant of God. <laughs> yeah. And so they're, you know, I mean, they don't openly have conflict, but they actually basically don't, you know, accept the one who doesn't think like they do. Like Pope uh, 
John Paul was one pope who kind of was known for bringing different religions together. Like, you know, don't have conflict. Let's have harmony. Let's, you know, work together as a group of spiritually oriented people. Mm-hmm. But yet, at one point, you know, which is good. I mean, yeah, we have no problem with that. That's a good thing. To bring people together. But at together. one point, he, he said all these things, but he said, but if you're not a Catholic, you'll never make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, so really, he okay. held on to the idea the only Catholicism right. is the real one. Right. But we right. can all be in harmony and whatever, but really. You yeah, know. yeah. So it kind of puts it in, in the perspective. That, but he still had this idea. But, but it, it's, it's like I heard explained that it's more like, like this, that the different religions and different varieties that we have are just a, a result of people wanting and being ready for different things and people gradually being helped, moved up to a higher level, so to speak, spiritually, for deeper, like getting ready for a deeper spiritual understanding through, you know, I mean, it's not, for example, focused so much in Christianity about, for example, be vegetarian. So it's okay, you know, you, we, we don't focus on that, more like the moral values. Yeah, kind of. you know, people, people, choose people choose what they want, they want. you know, what, what they, they like, like to hear, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But there's only one real religion. I mean, we've talked about this before, and that's love for God, and there's only one religious practice, and that's serving God yeah. in loving devotion. And that's that's it. There's no religions or sectarian beliefs or anything else put on there. That's just absolutely eternally the truth. And so that's called Sanatana Dharma or eternal religion, not you know faith systems that you can join one or quit one and join another one and you know et cetera et cetera. Yeah. So that's the material connotation. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what... We're... So anyway, we're going to talk about Jesus obviously being subordinate to the Supreme Lord. And all, 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 all of us also position being subordinate, not that... And this is important because you, if you understand that, you understand that this world is not meant to be First of all, it's a real relief because you realize, wow, this world is not made to be perfect. It's not made to be a perfect place of enjoyment and a paradise. And we, we're not meant to struggle all we can to establish like the paradise here on earth. And it's going to be like that again. You can relax. You can know that it's, it's not like <laughs> it's, it's not meant to be perfect. It was designed not to be perfect because it's not our home. Our home is in the heavenly heavenly world or as it's described in the Bible or the spiritual world, you know, so, I mean, but yeah, we, we can, we can start with reading. Uh, we have gathered quite a few quotes so we, about what Jesus said about this. So Yeah, if, if Jesus is the authority, and he is, <laughs> he's one of the absolute authorities, then we should listen to what he says. 
exakt. Ja. Så. Because that's just, just just like to make this picture for to help people categorize things like in the Vedas, the yoga yoga knowledge, you can see that it's described in three parts, like who we are, the answer to the question who we are. We have our essence, which we described before is is spiritual, spiritual are we're we're spirit soul, we're eternal, we're particles of life. Uh and there's two energies, matter and energy. Matter and and life or spiritual and material energies and so we are of the spiritual energy but also our i mean the next two parts and so that's the first part and the next part the second part is what we're going to focus on today is what our uh, position is in relationship to others in relationship to god and yeah in relationship to jesus as well so and and so this is what jesus says about that matter what his position is he says uh well this is hebrews 5 7 it talks about jesus for jesus in the days of his earthly life with a loud cry and tears offered his prayers and supplications to god who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his reverent submission i know should i should i send these to you malakia is that is it or is it enough if I read them? I, I, no, it's okay. I don't you, have my computer with me anyway. So he offered his prayers and supplications to God, and was heard because of his reverent submission. Yeah. So he, throughout the Bible, I mean, this account and many more, Jesus is always praying to God. He's praying to his Father. So. You pray as a servant or a you know lower position or to the Lord, the higher, the master, the number one, the superior. I mean, you pray up, so to speak, <laughs> not down. <laughs> so God doesn't pray down. We pray to him, and he fulfills our prayers knowing that he's the one who has this ability. So Jesus throughout was always praying. And there's a beautiful picture. There's, there's more than one, but where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane before, you know, he was taken to trial, and he's praying. He's looking up and praying to his Father, you know, which is, you know, the perfect picture of his subordination yeah not my will but thy will be done no he says if it is possible let this cup pass from me yet not as i will but as thou will yeah that's matthew 26 38 39 he fell on his yeah. face and prayed let this cup pass from me. I guess I, I, I've I've heard well, differently. Cup, like, huh? The cup was, you know, what was coming up. You know that he had to uh, be tried and unjustly uh, convicted. And so let this happen as you want, not as uh, like let yeah, yeah. let me just let me just be the instrument. You yeah. you do it, and I'm. 
okay with that kind of. Yeah. If it's your will, I'm ready. Yeah. And and that's even though you don't accept or want to or feel ready for accept God or or feel like you're in a position where you want to serve Him, like even if you look at our life in general, our material life or our circumstances in life, we see that things happen all the time that we can't control. Like there, obviously, there's a higher will or a higher power than us. We're we're so small. I can't control my body. I can't control what other living entities do. I I. It's like I can't control my mind, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I can control if there's a war or if there's COVID or, but, yeah, yeah. So it's all the acts of nature, everything. Yeah, I mean, we're obviously not the controllers. Yeah, but we try to be. We want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We struggle to be. We, you know, and that that's the way we're inclined and that's also what we're taught by those who are convinced that that's the goal you know so parents teach that to their kids but kids already have that built in i mean the baby wants to control the parents mm -hmm. that's why they cry a lot they're not always crying because they're in pain or really got a problem they're just crying to get what they want <laughs> yeah. you know? so it's just why we're in the material world. We want to be the controllers. And the humans have the most ability to exercise that. We've got better facility to try to control than the lower forms of life. Yeah. But if we see that, then, then that's also the problem, then we want to do something about it. I mean, if, if, we, if making, if wanting to control everything put you in the situation where you're in the material world, in this body, which is just a big hassle and suffering to be in, <laughs> and you want to get out and you want to get back to God and spiritual world, and maybe you should entertain the idea of, hey, maybe I'm not the controller. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't try to be the controller. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's hard to go against a contaminated condition and the the prevailing philosophy of the material world. I mean, because that's what you're really experiencing. Inside and outside, the philosophy is be number one. Mm -hmm. You are the controller, and if you're not, you should try to be. Yeah. You know, and whether you're the controller of, you know, a little bit or bigger or bigger, I mean, the more, you know, money you have, what does that represent other than buying goodies, it represents control. You know, if you control the money, you control the people. If you control the food, you control the people even more. You know, so you have all this hierarchy of people, and some are very low, and they can't control anything almost, and others have wrangled their way into a position of very strong ability to control, you know, and so they're doing just that. <laughs> and that's why I have bigger, bigger armies to control more. Everybody's scrambling. There's a, there's a race to be number one in every part of life.
and the big societal maybe on to to the end yeah exactly because because what you're saying with the war and the societal consequences are just a extension or, or amplification of the tendency which is there internally uh individually and obviously yeah. the external will reflect the internal so. right so but we got to realize that's that's the backwards understanding that's the wrong that's not how we should see life I'm not the controller. I'm the controlled. I'm controlled by material nature, and I'm also ultimately controlled by God because he's the controller of everything, including material nature. And so, obviously, Jesus' message was, you want to be peaceful, you want to be happy, you want to be successful, and surrender to God and let him take over your life. You know? He's, really, that's perfect life. And if you do that, then your life becomes perfect. And when you try to fight against that, then the more you struggle, the less perfect your life is, and the more you suffer. So Jesus' message was all about that. Yeah. I'm the servant, you're the servant. And the more you move into that position and comfortably execute that, then the better your life will be. And the fruit eventually is you go back to the spiritual world and, it turn, and be in the position of giving pleasure to the Lord eternally. And there's where happiness really lies. Mm. Mm. Oh, so we are subordinate. That's, that's the point. Mm. Mm. And, even, uh, and we it, never change that. No, and and like, th- th- there's this quote from Mark ten seventeen eighteen where it says, as he Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and began asking him, "Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone." So that's that's Jesus's. Uh, way of seeing it like he didn't want praise for himself he didn't want to focus on himself being good he didn't want to hear that or he he just is a servant and is in the attitude of god is good focus on god not on calling me good or you know yeah true humility true humility and, and that's yeah which is another sign of a of a purely advanced devotee of the lord is their humble automatically eternally humble yeah i mean jesus what an example he i mean where he says in john 14 28 31 he says truly truly i say to you a slave is not greater than his master neither is one who is sent greater than one who sent him so so there it makes it really clear that he's being he's he has been sent his position is subordinate and he he doesn't I mean, yeah, he doesn't want all this. Like I say, it's just absolute humility anyway. That's what I wanted to come back to. I mean, he's saying that he's, his master is great and I'm just his servant. And, yeah. I'm, and slave, I mean, you know, a, a real devotee of the Lord mm-hmm. feels like a slave. Now that's really, really <laughs> hard for people to hear. <laughs> 
But, but what is a slave? One thing we can understand is a slave is owned by the master. I mean, that's what slavery is. The master owned the slaves. Yeah. How many slaves do you own? Now, you even said that, you know, back in the days of slavery. Mm -hmm. So the devotee of the Lord is feeling like, I'm owned by God. I'm his slave. See? And, and that's the, the, the perfect position. Not that just like I'm the servant, but he owns me. But that's his, to his benefit, and he likes that. So that's why he would make such a statement. Yeah, a slave is not greater than his master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's it's not, in a sense, it's not <laughs> it's not slavery when it's about love and when it's voluntarily. Like Jesus voluntarily gave his life to God, and 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 so it's it's loving, uh, and and freedom. It's love and freedom. You know. Yeah. Anybody that's even the perverted love in this world that's really, you know, been in a position of pure, <laughs> materially pure, <laughs> deep, let's say, deep love for another person. They feel like I'm a slave of love. That mm. They've even had that exact verse in song. Yeah. I'm a slave of love. You know, because that's the, that's the feeling I'm owned by you, but in this and here it has, you know, many negative results. <laughs> you know, the other person can manipulate, they can exploit you, they can, you know, take so much advantage of a person in that position. But God is not like that. See, His love is pure. This is the slave of lust, really you know, in this world, but in the spiritual world of pure spiritual love, again, that's that's a perfect relationship. And mm -hmm. so there's, remember, the material world is a perverted reflection of the spiritual world. Everything here is contaminated. Everything in the spiritual world is pure. So when Jesus is speaking, he's speaking in this pure connotation. Right, right. And we need to see it from, with those eyes, with those glasses on, the pure spiritual <laughs> glasses and not the material glasses, so to speak. Yeah. So we have to appreciate Jesus' relationship with the Lord to get the full understanding of what he was saying. Yeah. And if if we can accept and we can understand that it's much, it's a very comfortable situation to be controlled by love or to be subordinate, you know, in a, I mean, well, the relative, we're all subordinate, like you said, <laughs> relative, we're, we're all. So it's, it's a question of whether you're gonna just live in accordance to that supreme will that is there or whether you're gonna try to fight against it and, and do something else. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of like someone said that God invented happiness, right? Like he was the one who invented happiness. <laughs> so are you going to like, are you going to follow the plan of the person who actually invent, invented happiness and knows you perfectly well and knows what you want to, what you need to be happy? Or are you going <laughs> to like follow your 
mind, basically, or society or whatever other people say you need to do to be happy. I mean, here's a guy who invented happiness. <laughs> Maybe you should listen to him. <laughs> and we should, you know, look at the people who are truly happy. And Jesus was truly happy. Yeah. And it was not from any material position or possessions, etc. Yeah. There was no material happiness. He was truly spiritually eternally happy. And he is right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Through all the ups and downs and the struggles and trials and you know torture really uh, in he went through in this world he was really happy well, but but what's the, what did he have to make him happy his relationship with the lord yeah that that's what he had and that's all he had and that's all he wanted and that's all he needed and we try to circumvent that and have everything else Because he had that relationship and we don't. Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, how, how to get to that point. But you just answered the question without me <laughs> as, <laughs> asking it. Like, I mean, how do we get to the point of happiness? But I guess the answer is then establish our relationship with the Lord, be open to that, cultivate it, um, you know. Yeah. What did uh, you, you you said that John the Baptist says there was some quote that you had or around John the Baptist when Jesus was baptized? Well, yeah, John the Baptist was the harbinger. He was known as the harbinger. That means the forerunner of Jesus, and he came to that area. He was in the desert. That whole area was desert, and he was, you know, preaching that you should surrender to God. And he was saying, but there's one coming after me that's much greater than I am. Hmm. I mean, he was telling people this before Jesus. So he was known as the harbinger. He was spreading the message. He's coming. Jesus is coming. He didn't call him by name. He just said, there is one coming that is much greater than I am. You know, and people were coming to him and, and, oh, save me from my sins. And he was baptizing them, you know, in the desert. There was the, the, the water there. I don't know if it was the River Jordan. Or, you know, I, I don't know exactly. But he was by a water source, and he was anointing them with the water and baptizing, representing washing away their sins and et cetera. And he was a very extreme ascetic. I mean, he had no comforts, you know, but he had this absolute focus on spreading the word that Jesus is coming, you know, and baptizing people. He was, so he was the representative at that time, at that place. He was baptizing people. And so Jesus came to him because that's who was the representative at that moment and told him he wanted to be baptized. 
And John the Baptist, I mean, he was connected. He wasn't just somebody. He was not just some fanatic. He was connected with the Lord. And so as a result, he recognized when Jesus came, he didn't say, oh, I'm the one you've been talking about. Here I am. You know, thanks for spreading the word. No, he just came as just another guy who came to ask to be baptized. And John the Baptist recognized him. And he said, no, 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 I cannot baptize you. I, I, you know, I'm not worthy to tie your shoes. I'm not worthy in any way to be baptizing you. And Jesus told him, no, this is, this is, it is, he's, I think it was, no, you should baptize me because it is so written. This you should do because it's so written. In other words, this is already foretold. This is uh, how it should be. Yeah, yeah. So John the Baptist, knowing, okay, he did it. He baptized him. And then Jesus, as he, this event took place, when he left, it's described in the Bible that a voice came from heaven, descended like a dove. It said, a voice from heaven descended like a dove. And the voice said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. In other words, okay, I'm pleased that he did this. It was so written, foretold, this is how it should be. He did it, and therefore I'm very pleased. He followed my <laughs> desire, my wish, and so therefore listen to him. Hear ye him. Anyone who has pleased God should be listened to because God speaks through him. So he, now you can listen to him, hear ye him, listen to what he says, follow what he says. Hmm? So again, showing Jesus was subordinate, the Lord empowered him, spoke through him, told people to listen to him, authorized him. He was a bona fide, authorized representative of the Lord. And so everything he said was authorized. Everything he did was authorized. Follow him. Listen to him. Follow his example. See what he did. You should do the same. That's the whole message. But it again points to Jesus was subordinate to the Lord. No. God wasn't speaking to himself. So the people who say Jesus was God... I don't know what book they're reading. <laughs> I mean, where do they get their conclusion from? When Jesus said, I'm the servant, God said, he's my son, servant. And, and nothing is more pleasing in the eyes of God than to see one diligently and lovingly serving him with love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know why those who say Jesus was God, I don't know what they're trying to achieve other than the idea that you've already referred to it is that somehow servant is lower yeah, and we want Jesus to be yeah. higher, not lower. 
and therefore he's God. He's not servant. He's God himself. Yeah. But they don't understand, just like we've already said a couple of times, that in the spiritual world, lower is higher. I was just the highest say that. position one can achieve yeah. is the lowest position. <laughs> lower than destroying the street. See. Humble, totally humble, feeling low. That's the highest position. That's the, the perfection of spiritual achievement. And all the great masters had that consciousness. That was their vision, understanding, experience. I am the lowest. I am the most fallen. So, yeah. But it's big. So anyway, um, yeah, it's that account in, of Jesus and John the Baptist is, is so perfect. It's so beautiful. You know. But, but but I just wanted to point out, like some people, if you don't really have been maybe exposed to this idea or you, you know, it's it's a new idea, like I'm the most fallen. It, I mean, it, it requires you to fully also bathe in the love of God and know that he loves you and appreciate your spiritual nature and that he loves you unconditionally, whatever you do so much. Like, you, you know, that's like being fallen in itself or feeling that your crap doesn't it's not a spiritual <laughs> experience <laughs> you know if that's only isolated in itself right yeah we've got it all mixed up with this low self-esteem yeah. idea yeah well you exactly yeah, yeah, yeah and so again back to our you know contaminated understanding you know you're supposed to have prestige high esteem feel good about yourself and that's a material idea. I'm good. I'm number one. I'm somebody. That's still it's false prestige. It's not true prestige. So, you know, Lord Goranga said one should be free of false prestige. You can't really be on a high spiritual platform covered in false prestige. We have to understand that's an obstacle yeah. that's fake, false prestige. The real prestige is I am the eternal loving servant of the Lord. That's pure. That's the best. Jesus was in that position. I'm subordinate. I am not equal. I'm not above. And I don't want to be. See, not only was he not, but he didn't want to be. No. <laughs> Would you like to be number one? No. <laughs> Would you like to be the best? No, you are. That's like he told the man. Why yeah. do you call me good? Yeah. There's uh, <laughs> only one person who's good. So that's, that's very difficult for a materially conditioned mind to understand, accept, contemplate, yeah. Yeah. or see value in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because also... I think that one of our material conditions or material ma materially created conditions is feeling that I'm no one loves me. You know, God couldn't love me if he exists. He, he couldn't love me. Like I'm not worthy to be loved. I'm not. I mean, that's also we need to see and appreciate that that's that's also material uh, covering that makes us not accept that he's there and he loves us unconditionally. 
Well, again, back to the, we don't understand God has unconditional love. No. Because the only love we know is conditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm too bad to be loved. <laughs> Whereas, you know, God loves everyone unconditionally. There's no conditions on his love. Bad, good, whatever, whatever. He loves everybody. He may not approve of everybody's actions or consciousness, etc., but it doesn't mean he doesn't love one. It means that he doesn't approve of what you're doing. <laughs> so love doesn't mean blanket, carte blanche approval. No. No, but it's, but it's your choice. I mean, love is accepting your free will. If you don't want to have a relationship with him, and thus you do things that he doesn't approve of or he's not happy with, then you know, that's your choice. You can do that. Yeah, and, and why is he not happy? Because he knows you'll never be happy with that. Yeah. That's an important and point. Yeah. Love wants the one that you love to be happy. And the Lord knows if, if you do all these things, which I don't approve of, you'll never be happy. And I don't want to see you never happy. I want to see you live a lifestyle that you will actually find true happiness and peace and satisfaction. I mean, that's just, you know, the desire of love. And he tells us how to do that. Jesus told us how to do that. <laughs> but we don't agree. <laughs> that won't make me happy. <laughs> I have some other idea. I have some other way. <laughs> But uh, so you know, we talk or hear about surrender a lot, and you got to surrender all these misconceptions of life that we are played with. You know, that's one thing you got to give up sooner or later. Except Jesus knows, God knows, the great teachers know. They know. I don't know. And that's really difficult because that puts me in a low position. Oh, I'm not number one. I'm not an authority. Uh -huh. So it's, it's, it's all dependent on a purifying process that frees us from hanging on to all the things that make us miserable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds <laughs> it's like why do you hang on to the things which makes you miserable you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's attachments it's habits it's illusion oh and that purifying process is chanting the, the names of the supreme Like, yeah. So anyway, the point of today's uh, presentation is we're subordinate. And unfortunately, and it is most unfortunate, there are yoga, so-called yoga teachers who teach so-called yoga philosophies that say that we are God. 
that I'm God, you're God, we're all God. The Lord is within you, who is you? You know, but it's the worst teaching that could ever be presented. It's the, it's the farthest away from truth that a person could possibly be. But what? We like that idea, I'm God, because we're already trying to be God. And so you got some so-called yogi guru, you know, who's, you know, looking like a real spiritually perfect personality, telling you exactly what you want to hear. You're God. Oh, thank you. Now I have full spiritual confirmation that I was right all along. I want to be God. I am God, and I just got to work a little bit to really realize it, achieve it, you know. So this yogi guru gives you some meditation or some practice or some whatever he gives you so you can realize it, see. The different, what do they say sometimes? I mean, there's one that really was perpetrating it. You know, the difference between you and myself is, see, you're God and I God, but the difference is I realize it and you don't. But if you follow me, mm -hmm. then you can come to this enlightened position, and then you'll be God too. You already are, but you don't know it, but then you'll know it. In other words, and people love it. You know, oh, wow, there's real hope here. <laughs> you know, there's a real future here. Uh -huh. So they just gather all these fools. You know, fools are good at gathering other fools and... You know, they get just taken absolutely in a direction that will make it so they're doomed. But and, uh, Jesus didn't teach that. Jesus was the perfect yogi. He taught the absolute truth. He was the pure transparent by medium for the absolute truth. His father was present. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. And people say, oh, that means Jesus was God. <laughs> you know, no, that means you've seen through me. I'm the transparent by medium. So through me, you can see God. What did we see? Love, peace, surrender, servant, slave, perfect position to know what God wants us to see. And he always glorified his father. You know. And perfect again. So at any position or any angle that you look at Jesus from or at, you'll see perfection. Mm. There's no imperfection. You see perfection everywhere. If you have eyes to see. Yeah. And those who are blind are blind. I don't care what you see. You can't see it. So we need a process that opens our darkened eyes. You know, that's one of the prayers that, that we pray to our spiritual master. You open my darkened eyes. See, we're blind. Open the eyes. Woke us up. Makes it so we can see. Then you can see Jesus. 
Until you meet one who really knows Jesus, you won't see Jesus correctly. So through my spiritual master, your spiritual master, we see Jesus as he is, as much as we can. No. (laughs) We're given the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... And I think it's time to chant, but I just wanted to say, I mean, I I understand as a Christian that you are, you know, not particularly fond of perhaps the idea of yoga or the teachings of yoga, because you see it as that. You see it as as some kind of sect religion that teaches that you are God and everyone is God and there is no supreme person. So I understand, like, I I totally understand that people are like skeptical towards the concept, uh, you know, as it's being taught incorrectly, terribly incorrectly, and unfortunately so. So that's why that's, that's why we have to hear from yeah. only hear from real yogis, not bogey yogis. Yeah, and that's why we have this series. We have this series to try to establish the real connection, the real yeah. yoga. Mm. Okay, Ruben, let's chant a little bit. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. The holy names take away the fog, the mist, the clouds. We can see clearly. The other day it was so foggy here. I mean, it was like this kind of fog. I mean, really, you, if especially if in the early morning you had a headlight on, you know how it just disperses the light and all uh-huh. that the water particles and you yeah it was like that so even if you were in a place that you knew where you were and you you still could almost get lost because you just can't see so the holy names take away that fog and you can see then when the fog cleared wow you can see Then you can see Jesus as he really is. Okay, what are we going to do today? Goranga Haribo, Haribo Goranga. Goranga Haribo, Goranga Haribo, Goranga
Okay, thank you very much, Ruben, for another day, another session. Thank you very much, Fakia. Thank you. Thank everyone for joining. We really appreciate it. Yeah. You can hit the like button, you should subscribe, you can share it with others. Let us hear from you. Let us know what you're thinking. Send in your comments. Please do. <laughs> okay, so we'll continue next time. Mm -hmm.
Stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you, Valkyrie. Thank you very much. All right. Namaste, everyone. Namaste, Ruben. Thank Slava and Yula here, and I thank the good Lord. Namaste. Harbal, harbal. See you next time. Namaste.